Good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Happy Victory Tuesday as your Pittsburgh Steelers have won a game. They defeated the New Orleans Saints 20-10. They have bumped their record to 3-6 as they get ready for a divisional game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And Jeremy Ritz, that's me. I'm here alongside the Jim Wexel. I got to point the other way, that way. Uh, we're here to talk all about it. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm good. It's my birthday. I'm doing real good. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Any uh, big plans for this evening? Well, I, you know, I get up so early that my big plans are probably over. <laughs> <laughs> I read a great book, was listening to some Ryan Bingham. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I got work today and then, uh, you know, uh, dinner with parents, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, I hope you have an amazing day. Uh, I'm going to be sending positive vibes out your way on the western part of the state out here from the east side. Um, so uh, all the listeners and viewers out there, make sure you give Jim some birthday wishes. Wish no, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> just just have a nice day, everybody. Yeah. You know, uh, Jeremy, uh, it was a great day Sunday, wasn't it? It was a... I, I was sitting next to one of the guys complaining in the press box about what a dull game between nothing teams it was. And I said, Will... You just watch the two and six team become a three and six team. Yeah. What can be more exciting? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, they'll take the the W's any way they can get them. And Jim, let's let's jump right in here. Um, coming off the bye week, you know, it wasn't a a inspiring first eight games to say the least. And rookie quarterback trying to find his way, a running game that was struggling. Offensive line that had played better, a lot of injuries on defense. They get TJ Watt back. Um, a lot of things went right this game. It wasn't a stellar performance, but let's talk about it. How did the Steelers right the ship and get back to winning? Uh, well, the Saints are really bad. But, <laughs> uh, no, no, you know, running the ball and run defense. It's so exciting to see those foundational pillars appear and that's the beginning of of where it all begins uh you want you want to look at the run defense um i i, I was watching uh some tape this morning and um i i was really impressed by ogan joby there were some key plays the third and one the fourth and one of course cam hayward but i mean playing and and, and tj of course you know but playing with tj and cam the two superstars on defense are the two Charlotte boys. I don't know if there are any other Charlotte University of Charlotte players in the NFL besides Alex Highsmith and Larry Ogunjobi. Yeah. Those two were outstanding. It, it, I, I know they're not getting any any pub because TJ came back and Cam did the speaking. And Cam, you know, Cam was always really good. He talked about the run defense, but Ogunjobi and, and Highsmith are two good players and they're both Charlotte boys. And uh, in the secondary, you know, Minka's gone. Who steps up, Casey? That pick of his was was fantastic. It really sent a spark and clinched the game for the most part. They took it down and scored a TD. And um, uh, the, the other guy, Levi Wallace, key pass breakup and that interception he ripped from the hands. I, I I don't know who the receiver was, but it was a go route. Yeah. And he ripped that ball from the hands. And I couldn't help but think if he was playing for the Bills. That great catch by Jefferson would not have been made because Levi played for the Bills last year, right? <laughs> and and Levi, Levi's a guy that everyone keeps trying to replace. He was a, a walk-on at Alabama. You know, his 
his, his athletic ability doesn't seem bad, but it's not a classic NFL corner. And uh, but man, he makes some good plays, and he stepped in a, a reserve role for. Um, I don't know if he's the reserve to Akella Witherspoon anymore, but Akella Witherspoon's been hurt, and yeah. Levi steps in, and the former Bill cornerback ripped the ball from the hands of that receiver on the same play that Justin Jefferson clinched the, provided a win for the Vikings over the Bills with the best catch of the year. Yeah. Levi Wallace would not have had any of that. <laughs> Maybe he can coach up Mika because Mika's had a few plays this year where he's competing for, for the ball but didn't come down with it. But talking about that rushing defense, Jim, just looking at the stats here, 15 carries by New Orleans, 29 yards, 1.9 yards per carry, which is not – it's it's abysmal to say the least. But, you know, they were getting it done. And then, you know, and talking about that pass coverage, I think you can't underestimate what – TJ Watts returned it, not saying he had an out of this world game, but in terms of the coverage. And I wouldn't say the pressure was coming from Watt, but I think it maybe took some of the pressure off Highsmith. And Highsmith yeah. seemed like he was getting some pressure in there. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as the um, uh, run defense, um, you know, Alvin Kammerer is a good back and Taysom Hill is a good quarterback. And and Cam Hayward pointed this out. There was one play, he said it was 10 yards. Camera actually made a 13 yard gain. It's big their big run of the day. And Hayward's applauding that play because TJ hit Taysom Hill. It was his you know, option to keep or hand off. He saw TJ coming and TJ, instead of going after the running back, hit Hill. Like, this is a lesson for the rest of the game. We're going to keep hitting you. Yeah. And uh, so Hill would keep the ball and gain one yard. Hill had a terrible game and he's an effective wildcat type third quarterback, well, whatever they want to, uh, however they title him. He's not the starting quarterback, but he's a key to their run game. And so is camera. And so obviously is their offensive line. We know what, what bad offensive line play looks like. And they were down two, three guys. So uh, that was understandable. Um, but, you know, the run game on the Steelers side, on the other side of the ball was just as, just as fantastic. And yeah. I, I, I go ahead. I was going to say, before we get there and shift over to offense, I did want to highlight the play of Robert Splain because I know Miles Jack was down this game. I think Tomlin sat him because of a knee, but Splain had some big plays. I know I've been critical of Splain um, all offseason during the season, but he came up really big on that fourth. Was it a fourth, fourth and two or fourth and one? Is it a fourth and one? Well, you know, Joby and Hayward, if, if yeah. you rewatch that play, watch the, how low the interior gets. And Highsmith's uh, another one. They got so low. They stacked that up. Splain came in and made the play. Check out uh, Splain on their uh, Saints touchdown drive. You'll see more of him. And also, um, uh, he hounded Taysom Hill, too. Yeah. And, and he was excited before the game because, you know, uh, Tomlin has that thing about um, – running backs and linebackers who look alike. And in this case, it was Taysom Hill and Spillane are the same kind of mirror images. And I brought that up to Spillane. I said, you're lanky and tough and physical. He goes, and athletic? I go, well, sure. And he goes, and, I, and uh, you know, he, he went on. He kept, he kept jacking me. But he was excited for that. And he did. He dogged Taysom Hill, too. Yeah. But coverage on the touchdown drive, check it out. And yeah. uh, Was yeah. it bad on that? I can't remember. Hey, I, man, you know, he hears this and he know the touchdown pass looked like it might not have been his responsibility. He let uh, it go to the, Levi Wallace did take the inside guy. And so, 
you know, it's a lot more complex than we in the media just looking at the tape. But uh, there were two previous plays. The tight end was beating him. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, I mean, hey, he's not going to be 100%. I'm trying to give give the man some love here. He's but, crazy. Uh, I know. I, I I hope he doesn't see this podcast. He will rip my head off. <laughs> I'll make sure I I, uh, I tweet tweet his handle whenever I put this out here. <laughs> Please watch this. He's got a message for you. Maybe we'll get him fired up for this Bengals game. All right, shifting over to the offense, Jim, you headed to the, uh, the Steelers rushing attack, which had a phenomenal output, over 200 yards rushing. What was the catalyst for the improvement in this rushing game? Well, the Saints have a small uh, – I have an undersized defensive front, <coughs> and Craig Wolfley pointed that out in a preview. Um, and the offensive line has been um, – there's been continuity there. So uh, that is important. You know, whether they replace one or two of these guys, they're getting a full look at everything they all can do and how they've grown together – and there's a lot of continuity, and that's important. So we're getting a real look at what this line can do and what they can't do so in terms of replacements that are necessary, if any. Uh, so the offensive line's coming along. And Najee looked good. You yeah. know, no two ways about it. He looked good. Should have caught that touchdown pass. Um, and Jalen Warren looked good. And, you know, the only the only time way I want to begrudge Najee is because when you sit in the press box – and guys who apparently are supporting Najee in this war with Jalen Warren, whatever is in their mind, they walk around and say, so you still want to start Jalen Warren? Like they didn't watch the previous eight games. I mean, so that that makes you say, you know, I hope they tackle Najee and shut this guy up. But I don't want to get involved in that game. I try to keep ego out of it. You know, <laughs> can't we just watch and then report? Najee looked good. He looked really good. So uh, there was some power there. And, you know, he got the speed up, wasn't trying to hurdle anybody. Leave the hurdle into Jalen Warren. He looked like a professional hurdler on that last run that clinched the game down the sideline. That was a – they even commented on on TV, uh, the commentator said, this guy looks like he was a hurdler in high school. He Perfect form. Yeah. uh, Yeah, Najee should continue to run people over as he did in this past game. Now, Jim, do you think that this is an indication of the direction they're going to move for the rest of the season where it's more uh, of a balance of carries between Harris and Warren? Or do you think this was just a one-time thing that really this game made it appropriate? They're both playing well. Whatever you're doing, uh, you know, I see no reason to cut back on either. I mean, how many carries did they have? Uh, 43. 43. There's that number again. 43 carries. For 217, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett had some nice runs. Yes. Uh, Kenny has some nice mobility. Um, if, if we might switch to Kenny, yeah. I, I don't want to – let's see, his passing. He had a 79.7. I made the comparison in my notes column to Jim McMahon uh, because he has the it factor. And and Jim McMahon also likes was uh, three and four in his rookie season as a starting quarterback, 82 Bears. And they realized then they've got to fix their lines. And they never really did fix their secondary. They didn't need a secondary by 1985. (laughs) But uh, uh, they fixed their lines. And in 82, they were a losing team, fired the coach. And Jim McMahon was that kind of savvy, tough, gritty, real seer back there. And I see Kenny Pickett doing all. I've been trying to find a comp for him. And I, I, you know, 
the Bears were my favorite team growing up, and they were still my favorite team in the 80s. And uh, McMahon was my favorite quarterback of all time. And he gets a bad rap because before his injuries, he was like Kenny Pickett, tough, run, run like Kenny's doing. So I worry about Kenny's durability in the same regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, there he, he's got championship quarterback, in my opinion, written all over him. If, you know, McMahon wasn't a game manager, but he did need a great running game. He needed Willie Galt. He needed a great defense. And so it's time for the Steelers to worry about that. And, you know, the quarterback, they have their quarterback. It's time to build around him, and he can be a championship quarterback. Well, whatever his stats were, 79.7 passer rating in this game, I think was exactly McMahon's uh, passer rating as a rookie quarterback. And he was like the third pick of the draft. Uh, Pickett's a 20th. So it was a nice bargain. They got their guy. It's not real pretty all the time, but he didn't turn the ball over, did he? No. He's a tough kid, and he's getting better. And all of this is just the grinding process, crushing his spirit, rebounding from his spirit. All of that he's going through, the sleepless nights, the the beatings he's taken, the learning he's he's undergoing, all is going to grind him into from a piece of coal into a diamond, in my opinion. Yeah. He uh, and, and watching him this game, you could you could see that he was more protective of the ball. There were times yeah. where he took the sack or he threw the ball away. And I know it may have been frustrating at times, the fans. But, you know, when you're winning the turnover battle, you're going to put your team in a position to win the game. And I think, you know, as he develops the confidence and get gets more belief in, in what he's doing and a better feel, more experience, he'll maybe take those throws. But that deep ball that he threw to Deontay. I felt like if Deontay didn't jump for it, he like leapt forward. And if he would have just caught it in stride, that may have went for six. Uh, the ball he's put on Najee Harris's hands. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that was perfect. That was six. That was in the end zone on his hands. I mean, it, he, had to, he had to jump for it. Bring that in. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good things. There's, a, there's some things. I mean, I thought he was indecisive and took off to run a little too quickly. But he's a rookie. Yeah, this this stuff's going to start coming. The line's going to get better. Uh, guys like Pickens, hey, we saw a slant. Did you did you notice that? Yes. That was a slant. The Pickens, yeah. bang, right on the money. Pickett Pickett did that all day in college. He puts it on the money. He throws through those tight windows. Right. And his confidence is going to grow over the middle. It's not all the play calling. And they worked on on slants with DJ and Pickens last week in practice. Mm. Uh, so that's part of the replacement of Claypool as well. Yeah. And so a lot of good stuff. Pat Fryermuth, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. It, it was kind of dull. And what's the big deal of beating us a bad Saints team with a beat up offensive line uh, coming out of a, a Monday night game on the road? But hey, man, this 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 kind of game that builds Kenny Pickett's confidence, and that's what he needs. It's going to build the team's confidence. And not and Minko will be coming back. TJ will be getting stronger. Uh, Miles Jack will be coming back. You know, uh, a lot of teams are getting worse with injuries. The Steelers are getting better right now. And I think people forget how difficult it is to win in the NFL, whether you're playing a losing team or not. And you can't take those wins for <laughs> granted. And <laughs> if the team, they can keep stacking some success here. Now they've got a, a real challenge ahead of themselves. Thankfully, it's at Shore Stadium. It's going to be at home. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about before we start previewing next week is if there was one sore spot to the performance on Sunday, it was special teams, specifically the the, the place kicker there. 
Um, do you have any update on Chris Boswell's injury? And then what happened to Nick Skiba? Uh, he kicked well against Philly. They released him. They brought in this Matthew Wright guy who was just deplorable. What's going on with the kicking game? Yeah, well, Matt, Matthew Wright has had some success in the league, and he has kicked a 59-yarder. He did slip on the missed 48, 49-yarder, whatever that was. I saw his foot, his plant foot slip. I, you know, I ripped him pretty good in my notes column. I'm willing to, you know, you know, Nick Skiba didn't kick off in college. That cast shade on his whether he had a strong leg or not, because his long wasn't that long. He did kick a 50 plus in the hula bowl, but other than that, other than that, he's the most accurate kicker in NCAA history. Everything goes right down the middle. And when I'm looking for a replacement kicker. I'm not looking for that strong leg. I'm looking for a guy to get what, what has to be made. Those 30 yard stuff, those 30 yard kicks have to be made. He'll make them. So that's what I, I wanted to see. That, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they, they just didn't like his leg strength. And uh, maybe the one horrible kickoff by Wright yesterday or, or Sunday was, uh, you know, part of that stuff is planned sometimes. They said, give me give me a, a pop-up here. And, the, and he might have missed the pop-up a little bit. It looked like – but it did look like he struggled with kickoffs and leg strength. So um, – and there were other special teams problems. Special teams had their – issues and a good team would have probably taken advantage of them but they didn't and uh Steelers survived and uh it's up to the Bengals now again can yeah. they can they sweep the Bengals and I think they they possibly can so perfect segue Jim Cincinnati Bengals coming into town they are going to be without their top receiver and his name uh Jamar Chase yeah. he's not going to be out there on the field so that's a big hit to that passing game but what do you anticipate this coming Sunday. Now I know they they flexed the game out of the Sunday night spot yes. to four twenty five, which is that, good. That was my birthday present. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> I that up for you. So happy birthday! <laughs> You're welcome. Or thank you. Yes. What, what do you? How do you see this transpiring this weekend against the Bengals? Oh, it's going to be tough. Don't get me wrong, but I think I, at the beginning of the year, I'm in predicting an eight and nine season for the Steelers when I went through the schedule. I think I had them sweeping the Bengals. So I got okay. the first. The hard part. I got right uh, uh, on the road, but now comes the revenge. The Bengals could have won that opening game 12 different times. And so they will be frothing. They will be thirsty for this. And But there's a lot of good things happening with Pittsburgh. There's a lot of good things. Sometimes you're, you're bored by an ugly win, but, man, sometimes that's a springboard. As we talked about in uh, episode 43, the we'll see episode. Yeah. You know, that disastrous game in Philly, maybe it was a springboard. And now you have an ugly win. That's a step. Now the next step, sweeping the Bengals. And then you got a Monday night game against the Colts. And so then you can show the nation your three-game win streak. Hey, speaking of speaking of ugly <laughs> wins or ugly losses, the Commanders beating the undefeated Eagles. Oh, did they? Yeah. Man. I had to throw that out there. I, I, yeah, well, you're in Philly. You're, you're you're angry. At least you got to World Series. I lost that bet. I had Philly. I didn't yeah. have to bet much because I, you know, they were big underdogs. But uh, yeah, well, good for you. Maybe it's your birthday too. <laughs> yeah, not till May. <laughs> but I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know what goes on around the rest of the league. I I, I study the team I'm covering and uh, try to uh, get about my life. I have my book out, you know, and so yeah. I'm, getting uh, caught up with the book and you want to talk a little bit about that Jim have you read any of it 
I didn't get it yet. I didn't, it didn't come oh, in my man. mailbox yet. Yeah. Well, maybe you're not going to get one. Oh man. <laughs> it's the equivalent to coal <laughs> in my stocking and it's not getting a book. Happy so. birthday to me. huh? <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, I, it's a great book and, uh, uh, Bob Labriola read it. And he came up to me at the uh, when they, the the Hall of Honor Museum was opened, and Bob played a huge part in that. He told me I, I've been busy, but I read your book. I really like it. And if you know Bob, he's a bit of a curmudgeon, and uh, so when he says it's good, I, I take it to heart because uh, he doesn't like to he doesn't like to compliment people. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of positive feedback uh, from readers on Twitter, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks. So I know I can't wait to read it. Uh, perfect timing with the holidays coming up. A great gift for Steelers fans out there. It's called On the Clock, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers draft. You can get it on Amazon, but it'll be in all the bookstores. I'll be doing signings. And, uh, you know, you go to jimwexel.com and uh, we're going to fix that website, get you know, it's all Polamalu. Yeah. And so we got to put links in and a new uh, front page and, and fix the response. So you can, you can send to me, contact me and say, hey, I, I want this for my nephew. Could you write to uh, Billy? Uh, you know, you're, you're a great Steelers fan. Uh, enjoy the book. And I can do that in a personal transcribe. Uh, uh, what's the word? It's not transcribe. Trans. Personal inscription, not transcription. Transcriptions are what writers like from press conferences when they transcribe the tape and send it to you as a transcription. That's another birthday present. You know, you want to get me something, transcribe my tape. Right. <laughs> we uh, per, Speaking of which, transcribing tape, let's get off my book. You can get Christmas presents with that book. It's a really good book. Really is. It's a storytelling book of the all the great players in Steelers history put in storytelling form and how and why the Steelers drafted them and how they got about it. But uh, I talked to Heath Miller. You know, he was uh, inducted into Hall of Honor. And I talked to Louis Lips. Both those guys were available before the game. I'm working on new book projects. And just, you know, Heath Miller, uh, Troy Polamalu uh, would always say the real, because we would always go up to Troy, man, you're so humble. You're He's like, the most humble person in this locker room is Heath Miller. I'm like, what? Yeah, he, Heath is naturally humble. I have to work at it. What do you mean work at it? He goes, I don't really like people as much. He didn't say those words, but that's how it is. He, he's got a lot in him that Heath doesn't have. He's just naturally full of love. Mm. And that was on display uh, before the game. He was so happy to see me. He had his four kids around him. Uh, and we had a great talk. And then I watched him yesterday on Ben Roethlisberger's podcast. It was fantastic. I recommend watching Ben Roethlisberger's podcast uh, after you're done with ours. And uh, he, he is just a joy. He's, you know, he, he took a beating. <laughs> he, he told the story to Ben about the Haloti Nada game, which I wrote about in, in the Polamalu book as the most physical game I've ever seen. And, uh, <laughs> It started with Haloti Nada breaking through the line and punching Ben right in the nose and breaking his nose and blood all over. And Ben kept playing. And and there was a quote from Ben talking about, I went out to the official and said, Did, didn't you see him punch me in the nose? And the official said, it was part of play. 
And Ben says, is this, is it my, he points his nose, which is <laughs> all over the place. Is this part of play? Do you see this blood? Is that just naturally part of play? And so that was the start of one of the most physical Ravens Steelers, the most physical Ravens, I think it was 2007. And Heath got a brutal concussion in that game. And he was out the next week. And so Ben was telling Heath stories on his podcast. And the, the, uh, the, the host says, Heath, why don't you tell us a Ben story? And Heath goes, you know, I, I can't really remember what year it was or whether we won or lost or how the game went. I just remember Haloti Nada punching Ben in the nose and getting in the huddle. And Ben <laughs> reads the play, and I look up, and I went, oh, I just looked at his nose, and I was grossed out. And, and Ben's like, thanks a lot, Heath. What's the matter? Your, <laughs> your nose, man. <laughs> Ben says, I went to the trainer. Is my nose okay? And he said the trainer gave him the same look he he did, like, like sick to their stomach. (laughs) And the trainer said, you're okay. Like, you know, he could play with it, but he had to have surgery uh, after it was over. Ben didn't know until he looked in the mirror how bad it was, but he kept playing. But anyway, he got a concussion that game. Brutal blast. It might have been Ed Reed. Uh, (laughs) Who knows what it was, but... um, that's why he couldn't remember any of it. Not, he forgot he had a concussion that game. And that's why he, yeah, I couldn't remember the score. I can't remember what happened. But beautifully told story by Heath, even though he was concussed severely. Anyway, that's oh. all I got today, Jeremy. Yeah, hey, that, that's that's awesome. I do remember that game. His nose was like crooked. <laughs> it was a hell of a game. Hell of a game. All right. Well, hey, I will put the information, listeners, uh, about Jim's new book. It's on the clock, correct? On the clock, yeah. On the clock. Put a link That'll to be- Amazon if you can. I don't know if yep. you can do that. Yep, I'll put the link in there, so make sure you check that out. And that's going to do it for episode number 44 of the Still City Insider Podcast. We will be back next week talking about a Steelers W over the Bengals. Jim said it, so it's going to happen. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at thestillstudy.com and give me a follow at Still Study. But in between now and next week, have a phenomenal weekend and happy birthday, Jim. Thanks, Jeremy. Have a great day. Take care.